the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Lots to cover today. In a few moments, we'll talk with Mike Davis. Mike Davis is an accomplished attorney as well as a... um, a and I'd say experienced. I don't know of an expert. Experienced in uh, all of the battles for confirmation. He was a, a former um, ju- a judge, Gorsuch clerk, uh, then clerk for him on the Supreme Court. Also worked for Senator Grassley. Uh, experienced hand in the in these sort of battles. Um, used to be the battles about confirmation, about policy, uh, about legislation. Now he's got a, a post over on Twitter referring to lawfare. And how they're going to get Trump using lawfare. So we'll talk with Mike Davis about that and a lot more. Uh, so I, I've been thinking about today's wink. As you know, we start the Pro America Report each day with the wink. What you need to know, uh, if you go to uh, ProAmericaReport.com, you can sign up for the daily wink, which goes into your email boxes at 8 a.m. East Coast time every single day. It gives you what you need to know, what you need to know, sort of a couple of links, a couple of things, a couple of things to think about. Um, and we start the program, the Pro America Report. We start the report. Uh, with the wink. And I've been thinking about this one overnight because I got up early. I went to bed late. I got up early and I've been thinking about how many places in the world seem to be falling apart. And I wanted to, I want to say to you that weak American leadership is a huge problem in terms of the world kind of rolling all over us. And then I maybe in my sleep uh, induced state being drowsy, I was, I was getting slightly more generous and I was saying to myself, well, maybe it's just that the world is impossible to manage anymore. And it's not just weak leadership because the weak leadership of this president, Joe Biden is so obvious that, you know, Putin's taken advantage of him. Kim Jong-un over in North Korea is building some sort of nuclear sub and openly flaunting the fact that he's doing that. We have the Saudis working with Iran and others. We have China, the Communist Party on the move, you know, surrounding Taiwan, funding all kinds of things in Africa and other places. And we are left with uh, Joe Biden giving a couple of speeches and making dumb jokes and Anthony Blinken kind of traveling around the country getting ignored. You know, even Joe Biden is going to go and he's going to think how great he is. He loves to talk about his Irish heritage. He's going to go back to Ireland and the, the Good Friday Accords are unraveling for lots of reasons. Uh, some of it has to do with Brexit, which is unraveling. Some of it have to do with the uh, troubles. They call it the troubles. But, you know, the world does not have a strong American presence because we don't have a strong leader. Now, I, again, I'm, I'm I'm back to being slightly generous and, and willing to sort of say, well, maybe the world has just gotten sort of ungovernable, gov- ungovernable. But the comeback and what you need to know is when your priorities are clear, people play to your priorities. So what Joe Biden's priorities are clear, he's clearly focused on picking winners and losers, using government 
to help people succeed in in transferring wealth, in empowering people. Um, he's clearly, you know, he's now hosting TikTok. Most people I know have gotten to the mature position where I was a long time ago that TikTok is a threat to our national security. It's not just a threat to our data. It's a threat because the Communist Party is controlling it and it is influencing how people understand things. It's And it's bad. Now, I, I, I'm of the opinion, by the way, that all of social media is that way, and it should be banned for anyone under the age of, say, 16, and it should be I have a warning on it, and you should be able to, I don't know, even get the trial lawyers on on the fact that they're getting people hooked on this and acting certain ways. But, but certainly as to TikTok, the communist regime has shown a willingness to use it to influence America, and Joe Biden doesn't mind. Why? Well, it, it feels like... I can't know for sure, but it feels like the fact that he is um, uh, benefiting from that, that he is the one that's benefiting his his viewpoint. The chaos that's happening is benefiting him. I, I It feels like that. If you're if you're thinking, you know, some, someone is they've been writing about and again, it's anecdotal only so far about how the uh, transgender movement is really uh, uh, popularized and on TikTok. And then if you're on TikTok, you'll see how great that is and you'll see encouragement. And all. I don't know. I'm not sure that that's scientifically proven or, or you know, kind of uh, analyzed. But here's what you can go through. You go through every part of the world and the bad guys are on the move. China to Taiwan, Kim Jong-un and North Korea, uh, the Russian-Ukrainian stalemate, whatever you think of it, it's a stalemate at this point. The Saudis, the Iran, Latin America in terms of the Chinese influence, uh, Africa, the Chinese influence. One after another, the world is not about e- EU. So we have um, the French, uh, the French uh, president, Macron, go visit um, uh, China. And on his flight home on Air Force One, the, the French version, uh, he gives an interview where he basically says, we have to stop being so mean to China. We have to stop caring about Taiwan. We have to stop making a big deal about it. And then he basically says, if we do this right, we, Europe, can be one of the superpowers. It'll be China and us, and we can't pick sides with America. You got to love the French, right? You got to love the French. I mean, you got to love these guys, like no matter what. I mean, we pay more to secure Europe than anybody. We do. More than France, a nuclear power. More than Germany, um, industrial power. We pay more to secure Europe. We pay more to keep Europe from being uh, threatened and overrun. And yet we get lectured by France who wants to side with China. And the reality, of course, is we don't have anybody strong enough in our leadership to straighten these guys out, to, ma- to, to demand that they behave honorably. And so they're not going to. And so here's what you need to know. The real problem here is uh, what is... What is going to, uh, what is going to happen when things move in a place like China, Taiwan? Is this president? So, oh, oh I, I, by the way, I'm sorry, I'm looking back on my notes. What you need to know: a, a massive leak over the weekend. A massive leak onto Discord, uh, a, a encrypted platform of a whole bunch of uh, a national security secrets and national security uh, reports that all that laid out for people what's gone on in U- Ukraine what's gone on in Russia and everybody's scrambling and we're Americans it was leaked from America it was we, we you know again America does all this stuff for the rest of the world it looks like the leak is is probably prepared um reports 
uh, for the Joint Chiefs and others that was transmitted to what they call the five eyes, the, the, the certain nations that share intelligence with each other. And so it, someone leaked it, but we prepared it and it's all our stuff. And Ukraine is embarrassed and Russia's laughing and the world is mocking us. Again, what's going to happen in China, Taiwan, when something goes down? Does anybody have any confidence in I don't know, General Milley, in the Joint Chiefs, in the vision of this president? At a certain point, we get distracted by another shooting. We get distracted by Tennessee legislators complaining, this and that, all kinds. We get distracted by Trump's uh, uh, lawfare against Trump. We'll talk with Mike Davis in a minute. And meanwhile, the one thing that keeps the world stable is a strong America. I've said it a thousand million times, well, not a million, thousands of times. The idea of a strong America requires military superiority, that we be bigger and stronger than anybody else so that we can keep peace, so that peace is required. And right now we're stretched thin in Ukraine. We've got gender uh, uh, dysphoria in our military. We've got the Defense Department doing every woke thing under the sun. And then we're pretending it's all going to work out. When it's woke, it won't work. If it's woke, it won't work in the long run. And we're watching this stuff. And the, the world is saying, huh, you guys aren't militarily superior. You're not strong anymore. You're not carrying yourself strong strongly uh with strength a piece in politico about uh, some of the the republicans who are more uh focused on the problem of china than europe and ukraine and everything else and some of those guys are basically saying if you don't have the right priorities you got nothing that's how it feels all right that's what you need to know we're going to talk with mike davis in a moment uh and a lot more after that but ed martin here in the pro america report don't forget visit pro america report.com pro america report.com sign up for the daily uh email there it comes in your email a box of the wink at 8 a.m east coast time 5 a.m pacific time i promise i don't give it to anyone else to use to send anything nothing just you for the wink or right, we'll be right back ed martin here on the pro america report back in a moment <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. It's been a little while since we talked to our old friend, Mike Davis. Mike wears a couple different hats. I was just telling you, Mike, I was describing in the introduction because I saw your tweet that, again, your career has spanned practicing law in the law firm, big law firm, uh, clerking at the Supreme Court and, and at the lower court, and then also working in the in the uh, uh, Senate Judiciary Committee. And, and so you've seen these street fights in terms of uh, confirmations, in terms of uh, uh, policy and politics around past legislation but man alive mike I, I know even you at this point uh the the lawfare and this get trump movement it's it's gone it's not just an you know an old-fashioned kind of street fight politically it's gone way way off the rails right i mean you i know you've seen a lot of stuff but this is wild isn't it yeah i mean it's going to backfire on the democrats they're driving this lawfare against Trump is purely political. They're going after him for non-fraud, non-felony, non-crimes. Uh, they fear that they can't beat him in the polls, and so they simply indicted him. And I think they're going to continue indicting him. This started 
I, I've been pointing out today there are five current Democrat lawfare campaigns to take out Trump. And number one was New York Attorney General Tish James. She brought this laughable fraud lawsuit against Trump. Right, uh, right. This law, fraud lawsuit is based upon the fact that Trump gave sophisticated Wall Street banks unaudited financials. He clearly said that they're unaudited and don't rely upon them. He borrowed money from the banks and he fully paid back the banks. Uh, and so there's no loss. There's no fraud to the banks. They didn't lose anything. Yet Tish James, the New York attorney general, this a Democrat political political attorney general brought these bogus uh, fraud allegations against him. And Trump has to go up to New York this week and sit for a deposition with Tish James. And he's going to have to just plead uh, the fifth the whole time because he doesn't want to, you know, set up a, a, an indictment with Tish James in the New York attorney general's office. We also have the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, this George Soros funded DA who, who is bringing these bogus felony charges against Trump for settling a nuisance claim back in 2016 based upon an alleged affair with Stormy Daniels back in 2006. This is the same, uh, these are the same allegations that the prior Manhattan DA declined to prosecute at Alvin Bragg's urging when he was in the New York Attorney General's office. The uh, Manhattan U.S. Attorney declined to bring these charges. The Federal Election Commission declined to bring these charges based upon this bogus, you know, the, this this bogus uh, campaign finance theory, and Bragg himself, when he became the Manhattan DA, declined to bring these charges, and then he started taking heat from the left. So back in December, uh, Alvin Bragg colluded with the Biden Justice Department with this Matthew Colangelo, who was in the number three's office in the Biden Justice Department, a very senior political appointee who was an NAACP attorney for seven years, who worked. And the Obama Justice Department under Eric Holder and the Civil Rights Division under Tom Perez. Tom Perez uh, went to be the Labor Secretary. This Matthew Colangelo went to be his uh, chief of staff, another political appointment. And then when when Tom Perez went to the DNC to be the chairman of the DNC for Obama, uh, this Matthew Colangelo went to be a political appointee in the Obama White House. He was an economic advisor, a labor union guy. And then uh, during the Trump administration, this Matthew Colangelo went to the New York attorney general's office, worked with Alvin Bragg there when Bragg was in the attorney general's office, Democrat attorney general. They essentially created uh, this new unit for Colangelo to get Trump. And they uh, and Colangelo brought lawsuits after uh, against Trump, Trump administration, Trump businesses investigated Trump's finances, his, his businesses. It was just nonstop. Trump derangement lawfare by this Colangelo. And then he was on the parachute team to go into the Biden Justice Department. The parachute team are the initial political appointees who go in. They're the most hard charging loyal appointees. This Colangelo was the acting associate attorney general of the United, of the United States, the action number three. You know what that means, Ed. Right. That means for your listeners, he runs the entire civil side of the Justice Department, the civil division, the tax division, civil rights division, antitrust division, office of uh, justice programs, a whole, I mean, a huge portfolio. This Matthew Colangelo, uh, the Benita Gupta became the associate attorney general. So Matthew Colangelo was the acting while she was going through the Senate confirmation process. I worked against Benita during the judicial confirmation fight. 
She's a hard-charging left-wing radical activist. She's the associate attorney general. Colangelo became her principal deputy, her number two. So he was the number two to the number three. This is the guy working with Benita who brought the full force of the FBI after Christians praying outside of abortion clinics, yet gave amnesty to a, to these paid abortion industry activists who were terrorizing Catholic churches, crisis pregnancy centers, Supreme Court justices and their families and their homes, which led to a 1 a.m. assassination attempt against Justice Kavanaugh, his wife Ashley, and their two teenage daughters. This is a hard-charging radical, this Matthew Colangelo, and he is the key link between the Biden Justice Department and uh, Alvin Bragg's office. This so, so, is- so, so, Mike, so wait, let me pause for one second. I want to ask you something because, uh, again, we're talking with Mike Davis, um, and this is not tongue-in-cheek, but this is serious. When you when those guys parachute in, I don't think I realize this, they can be the associate. Uh, you can be temporary. You, you don't have to be confirmed at all for a period of time. What is it, 90 days or something? Yeah, there's the Vacancy Act, and it's, uh, you know, it, I you could actually do it for like up to six months. I have to go back and look at that. The, there's the Vacancy Act that allows acting officials to go into these key posts. And Colangelo was one of those key acting officials. He was the acting number three in the Justice Department. And then Bragg recruited him to go to the Manhattan DA's office to resuscitate this. I see. The gotcha. Okay. Zombie case against Trump, the, the case that was laughed at by the New York Times by the Washington Post, by the prior DA, the U.S. attorney, the Federal Election Commission, Bragg himself, and then Colangelo got sent to Bragg's office from the Biden Justice Department. So Colangelo is the political hitman sent by Biden to get Trump. Right. And but, so, but so but so but the, but the fact is that on this one on the, in this matter, I mean, back for pausing for a second on what we we call lawfare. And again, we're talking Mike Davis and, and uh, I'm actually looking at one of his tweets on this of five five current Democrat lawfare campaigns to get Trump. Um, but in the, they don't care about the Nobody cares about the actual law at this point. Right. I mean, you, you, I mean, we're not even arguing about that. Al, Alvin Bragg and and as you say, Colangelo, um, they, they put together the flimsiest case. I mean, even even CNN is having a panel where they're saying, yeah, this is lightweight, but they don't care, right? It's like the Mueller investigation. At this point, you're doing this because you're wasting the resources, wasting the time. I think in the case of the Manhattan uh, DA, it's also driving Trump crazy. It has to. His wife can't like it. Nobody can, you know, and more importantly, the media plays along. I mean, I, here's the question I want to ask you, Mike, and I want to get to the other three examples that you have, but Mike, you've been at the highest level. You talk about these people that you're uh, uh, going up against in confirmation, there used to be a certain honor amongst or a certain sensibility amongst the bar that you, you know, you, you didn't go too far. You went hard and all. It's sort of, is that, am I, am I being naive? Uh, you know, was it just as bad in 1904 as it is now or what they did to Lincoln or whatever? Or has something shifted? No, I mean, this started with the Democrats. Uh, back with Robert Bork, and that's that's where this lawfare started, uh, where they viciously tried to destroy your political, uh, you know, opponents. If you want to even call them political opponents, they did this to Bork, they did this to Justice Thomas, where they you know brought out the Anita Hill bogus allegations against Justice Thomas, and then it's just it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. They you know uh, they've done this to they particular the Democrats particularly target. Uh, minority and female judicial nominees from Republican presidents because they get so angry 
when women and minorities are Republican or conservatives. And I have, I actually have the receipts on that. I have that document in, on Article 3 Project's website, article3project.org. It's called Women and Minorities. So this isn't just me uh, pulling things out of thin air. I actually have the receipts going back to Justice Thomas where Democrats viciously attack and smear my, women and minority judicial nominees. But this is, this is lawfare by the Democrats. And I think Republicans need to wake up. Our side plays too nice we you know we we play too fair we need to give democrats a healthy dose of their own medicine that that's the only way that this is going to stop the only way we're going to stop democrats from indicting our side indicting trump on these bogus charges is by having our republican state attorneys general our republican da's our republican prosecutors uh start indicting democrats and there there is there are plenty of uh, potential indictments we see with the Bidens. If Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, James Biden step foot in Oklahoma or Texas or Florida or any of these other red states when they were doing their illegal international crime racket with, with the CCP, with Chinese and Ukrainian oligarchs, these these Republican prosecutors, these Republican DAs, these Republican AGs, need to start getting creative because this is that we have crossed the Rubicon here. When you have Alvin Bragg indicting a former president for the first time in American history, this former president happens to be the leading Republican presidential candidate against Biden, uh, their horse. And this is just unacceptable. We've Uh, crossed the car. We can't come. Mike, uh, Mike Davis, um, Mike, for, real quickly, um, Fulton County uh, DA, again, I'm looking at this email, a uh, text of your uh, um, tw- tweet of yours, Fulton County DA Fannie Willis, she's going to indict Trump on the non-felony of objecting to presidential election. And you you write here, permitted by the Electoral Count Act of 1887 and the First Amendment. Uh, I, I mean, that's come. It feels to me like that's coming. Fulton County, she's been trying to build that case forever and uh, and promising to do it. Um, how how flimsy is that one? Same as same as New York. Well, I think that the first I put these in order of flimsiness, and I think okay. they're all bogus. They're all Democrat driven political lawfare. It's these are all bogus non crimes, non felonies, non fraud that they're looking at, but. Tish James's fraud claim is the most laughable. Uh, Alvin Bragg's uh, felony charges for settling a nuisance lawsuit with Stormy Daniels is very laughable. Fannie Willis is laughable as well, but they're going to say it's because Trump said to find votes. Well, finding votes means that votes were there. That doesn't mean that there's fraud. It's not illegal to twist arms. It's not illegal to be a jerk in politics or illegal to twist arms and be a jerk in politics. Everyone in Washington, D.C., other than Chuck Grassley, my former boss in prison <laughs> because he's the only in DC. So, you know, it's, it's, I like, it, I like, that. I like how you say that. All right, Mike, Mike, uh, to go to the next two. I think this yep. next one, Garland, the, 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 the uh, DOJ special counsel, Jack Smith, you've got him four and five. Um, and, and of course, uh, former attorney general, um, uh, uh, Barr was out yesterday saying, oh yeah, more man, the handling of records, that seems really problematic. What, what's, I mean, what's the reality of these, uh, the DOJ indictments? I think, uh, Bill Barr, and I liked him when he was AG, uh, but he's talking out of his butt here. So this, the Garland special counsel, Jack Smith, another Democrat is also looking at objecting to the presidential election, like Fannie Willis, again, permitted by the electoral count act of 1887 in the first amendment. 
And then he's looking at the non-felony of a former president having his presidential records in the congressionally funded office of the former president, congressionally funded with uh, staff, federally funded staff with security clearances, with secure office space called SCIFs or secure compartment and information facilities and secret service protection to guard the records. This having presidential records, including classified presidential records, is permitted by the Presidential Records Act. It is a non-crime. Garland went to a biased judge, Bruce Reinhardt, who had recused from Trump's prior cases because he posted Facebook posts, political Facebook posts, bashing Trump, so Reinhardt recused. Six weeks later, Garland went to this same magistrate judge in Florida and got this unprecedented, unnecessary, unlawful home raid of a former president. They cited the Espionage Act. Guess which act they did not cite in any of these pleadings was the Presidential Records Act. They know the Presidential Records Act allows former presidents to have their presidential records, including classified presidential records. This is bogus what they did here. And and at the same time, they're going after Trump for lawfully having his presidential records. They found out that former Vice President Joe Biden illegally had stolen classified records from the Obama White House in several different locations unguarded. And what did What did Garland do? He didn't send the FBI hit squad like he did to Trump. He kept it quiet. He covered it up for several months, worked with Biden and Biden's attorneys, let Biden's attorneys do these searches on their own without the FBI. And Biden uh, did four searches and said, yep, we turned over everything. And then once Garland, this got exposed and Garland got a bunch of heat and they appointed a special counsel and the FBI went in, they found a fifth batch of records, classified records. So I don't know how Garland, and remember, Garland runs both of these special counsels. These are not independent counsels like Ken Starr. These these special counsels work for Garland. How does Garland indict a former president for having his presidential records and then not indict Biden for having stolen classified records as vice president? That Miranda defined at the New York Post uh, pointed out that Hunter Biden almost certainly used classified records illegally in a 23-paragraph a memo to sh- secure Chinese and Ukrainian funding, illegal funding. Uh, Mike, um, again, let me pu- pull back for a second. And Mike Davis, our guest, and and that's an excellent, a very helpful summary of the five. And his, in this, in this, uh, in my, in Mike's um, formulation, the five um, current lawfare campaigns against uh, for getting Trump um, ongoing all the time, costing time, energy, money, everything else. But Mike, again, wh- where is where are the people? Uh, like the, where are the kind of, um, you know, the kind of, I don't know, old fashioned legal, uh, folks saying this is not how we do it. I mean, have we just gone all the way down where we're, you know, the, the law and lawyers and judges have become just, uh, you know, functionaries in a system that's just going to work as hard as it can, uh, to one side's advantage or the other. And there's nobody saying, because it really feels like there's there, there, in a different time, there will be people that said, you know, this is a bit too much, you know, I, and there's nobody, there's not anybody doing that. There's not law schools doing it. You know, you get like, uh, Dershowitz out there who's saying like, Oh, wait a second. Uh, as to Alvin Bragg, there's a statute of limits problem. There's a problem with the applicability of this thing. And then Dershowitz is sort of vilified by everybody and he's 110 years old. So he's, he's not worried about tenure or anything else, but where's everybody else? Yeah, that's the problem, Ed. This is not our parents or grandparents, Democrat party. These aren't liberals who love America and just disagree with conservatives on the best way to get there. These are leftists. These are Marxists. These are people who hate America. And I'm not saying every Democrat, but too many Democrats are leftist and Marxist. And they don't believe in 
you know, they don't believe in equality. They believe in equity. They don't believe in free speech. They believe in censorship of misinformation and disinformation, they call it. They don't believe in due process. They believe in Me Too and politicized justice systems, weaponized justice systems. This is, again, we have crossed the Rubicon when with Alvin Bragg's indictment of a former president on these bogus trumped up charges, we have crossed the Rubicon. And the only way we're going to come back from this, Ed, is if Republicans wake up. Republicans are like the string orchestra on the Titanic. They want to look beautiful and majestic while the Titanic is going down. They need to wake (laughs) up and realize that our country is going down, right? This is this is third world banana republic Marxism Marxism that we're seeing here. And our country is going off of the cliff. It may have gone off the cliff unless Republicans fight back and give Democrats a healthy dose of their own medicine. This what, will not what- one last uh, one last question. Um, what they're doing to Ju- Justice Thomas? Again, you're a close observer of the court. You've been through these things. I mean, again, uh, this is way past what uh, what we've ever seen in the past. And this is what, yeah, I mean, what Clarence Thomas they, they're doing to Clarence Thomas. This is part of a 31 year campaign because they hate Clarence Thomas because he is a former liberal Marxist, really, who escaped the Democrats plantation and they have never forgiven him for that. They will never forgive him for that. They have hated him for 31 years. They're going after Clarence Thomas because he took trips with his best friends. He took nice trips, lavish trips with his best friends of 25 years. And these best friends are rich, but they have zero business before the Supreme court. And he is, uh, he's allowed to do this. They, they, he followed all the Supreme court ethics rules that he needs to follow. The Supreme Court justices are actually told not to over-disclose because they don't want their trips with their friends to be weaponized like what is happening here. These same Democrats are going after Clarence Thomas, and it just happens to be when there's a Democrat president and a Democrat-controlled Senate, and they decide to go after Clarence Thomas. They had, they had zero interest in Democrat appointed justices trips like right, right like exactly we, well exactly yeah or, or yeah exactly i it's a or, it's, it's it's beyond hypocritical it's just that to your point it doesn't matter what's true it matters that they're weaponizing the media weaponizing the and and what they really are trying to do is make your life miserable there's a certain amount of times where you attack somebody's wife and attack somebody's family and people just get sick of it they and they hope that conservatives who are more normal don't care more, more about power they care more about their family and they walk away that's and i know clarence thomas will never do that but it feels like that's what this is about I, yeah that's exactly right they've been going after clarence thomas's wife jenny she's yeah. she has been a political activist long before she met clarence thomas right. long before he judge long before he was a justice she's been a republican conservative operative she has zero business before the court right. remember these are the same democrats who are ignoring millions of dollars right. from chinese <laughs> oligarchs right who joe biden his sleazebag son and his shady brother, right? right so exactly, wanna- yeah. It is, uh, it is crazy. All right, uh, Article 3, uh, by the way, Mike uh, Davis, Article3project.org is the website he mentioned. Uh, there's a bunch of there there. Hey, thanks, Mike. As always, appreciate it. Thanks. We went a little bit long, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you, Ed. All right, we'll take a break, everybody, and come back. I'll put up on social media uh, links to his, uh, both the tweet he I mentioned, uh, Mike Davis, active on Twitter, very active on Twitter, and really uh, helpful, and also uh, Article 3, the number 3, project.org, article3.org. Uh, you can check it out there. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. 
This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. The adage that no one is above the law should apply against partisan prosecutors also. The Constitution gives them no role in electing the United States president, and no prosecutor should disrupt that democratic process. Yet this is exactly what prosecutors in Fulton County, Georgia, are doing as they target President Donald Trump during the presidential campaign. A county prosecutor should have only the same solitary vote in a presidential election as every other American citizen, rather than misusing prosecutorial power to influence other voters. If Democrat prosecutors in Atlanta or New York City have any accusations to make against Trump, they should present their case directly to the American people only in a way any other citizen can. The Constitution's speech or debate clause protects senators and representatives against being harassed for their statements in Congress. But that safeguard does not apply to the leading presidential candidate, as Trump is. Not to be outdone by his counterpart in Atlanta, another Democrat prosecutor in New York City is threatening to indict Donald Trump over a payment made by his former lawyer more than six years ago. That's far beyond any reasonable statute of limitations, and this is yet another political ambush to disrupt Trump's re-election campaign. Other states should refuse to recognize these politicized prosecutions, as courts in both Texas and Illinois have already done by rejecting subpoenas from the Georgia grand jury. State legislatures should direct their courts not to honor intermeddling with a presidential race by mere county prosecutors. The Georgia legislature itself should end the shenanigans that will cause havoc nationwide. That legislature should exclude leading presidential candidates from the authority of prosecutors in its state during a presidential campaign. Should the Georgia legislature refuse to uphold the sanctity of our electoral process, it's up to the voters to hold them accountable. We must passionately and loudly let our elected officials know that we will not allow mere county prosecutors to hold a presidential election hostage. Targeting political opponents for prosecution is what you'd expect in some third world regime. And any state or county that would allow it ought to be ashamed. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. For 50 years, Mrs. Schlafly promoted grassroots efforts to rally conservatives. Today, you can harness the power of social media by going to phyllisschlafly.com and sharing these commentaries with friends across the country. Get started at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, um, uh, it's been an interesting week. I've been found myself reading a bunch of uh, legal opinions. There's an opinion in the uh, Miller case that has to do with the January 6th uh, defendants and the 1512 charge, which is a felony charge that shouldn't be charged. Uh, we'll talk about that. I think I'll talk about that tomorrow. Um, and it looks interesting. It's hard to know. It's a three-judge panel in the D.C. Court of Appeals. And um, I don't know. There looks like there's some grounds for hope. Uh, but we'll see. But more interesting, I spent uh, much of um, uh, yesterday reading the opinion of um, the case down in Texas because the media is lazy and stupid, um, mostly lazy, though, and they are covering the what the so-called uh, the the federal the abortion pill, the abortion pill. And the court down there uh, ruled and uh, basically put a hold and stopped the FDA uh, from moving ahead with the abortion pill. And it's a very interesting opinion. 
Um, very interesting. The judge is um, obviously it's going to go right up on appeal. His name is Matthew uh, Kaczmarek, Kaczmarek, and it's going to go up on appeal. The uh, Biden administration immediately uh, did that. But the um, what he did was he stayed the approval of the abortion uh, chemical. It's called Mifepristin. I'm terrible. Mifepristone. Mifepristone. But here's why. It's been 20 plus years since the FDA put this through. And they did it at the end of the Clinton administration because they thought they might lose the administration. They might lose uh, power. They jammed it through. They were when they were losing control. And um, the point of this, actually, the part of the opinion is you jammed it through without people getting a chance to complain or, or, or to prove. And, I, and when they sued, you just basically uh, played um, keep away uh, from what the what happened, what was going on and what the truth of it is. And so here's what I want to tell you. I want to tell you that. And, and by the way, the judge stayed the approval of the drug. He's meaning he stopped it. And he said, it's got to be figured out. There needs to be more uh, um, uh, looking at this. And it's got, there's a lot going on here. But here's what I want to tell you. There, more and more, there is evidence that these chemical uh, efforts to, especially around what I would say are women's rights, are really bad for women. Th- there is now a body of evidence that the, the dramatic use of the so-called contraceptive pill in the last 50 or 60 years is really bad for women. And the science is pretty clear on that. Breast cancer increases, other problems. And it's it was hurried through as a liberation, meaning you just don't get to be critical of it. I'm talking about the pill now, the contraceptive pill, because it's supposed to be such a liberation. It's such a big deal. And that's how the culture handled it. And lots and lots of people uh, took that drug, women, and it's had a big effect. Uh, and none, not all, uh, well, not all of it is horrendously negative, but a lot of it is. And we've never talked about it. It's never been really revisited. And if you want me to be like a, a, a quasi-feminist on this, why is it that the women have to do damage to their bodies so that the you know, sex-free culture can go forward, charging forward? That's what happened. So the women have to take the drugs into their body, the chemicals into their body over and over again every day for months and years of their lives. Because why? Because they want this, the culture wants this promiscuous culture. And let me say, same thing with abortion. The chemical abortion, the, 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 what it does to the body and what is impact, it's, it's very, very important to know what it means. And the idea that it was rushed through, and again, that it's culturally must be accepted, that it must be, uh, you know, oh, it's it's the, uh, you know, everything that's supposed to happen is problematic at least. And in this case, legally, it was uh, deficient. And so the judge was saying, hey, you got to go back and do this right. It's got to be done in a way that people can actually uh, see what's going on and it can be objected to. Now, it's going up to the Supreme Court, but the coverage of it has been basically Republicans want to ban it. And that's not what happened. In fact, even Republicans like uh, Congresswoman uh, Gray, uh, Gase, is that her name, Gase from uh, South Carolina? She got in the act and decided that she was going to say how, uh, you know, somehow the, the Republicans need to get on the right side of this issue because she is, um, uh, how to say, more um, uh, pro-abortion, uh, I guess. That's her position. And she's, she's, she's her, her point, which is done dramatically and gets a lot of attention, is actually just grandstanding. I mean, it's it's really not a valid point, 
And uh, by the way, here again, here's Politico. The abortion rulings, uh, pill rulings are scaring the FDA and drug makers. Here's why. It's making them be accountable. If you're telling me that the FDA and drug makers, pharma, are upset about something slowing down the process, it's, it's, it's slowing down their money making. It's slowing down their ability to make money hand over fist off over off the American people. That's that that should be something that gives everybody uh, comfort. It should be everybody that gives comfort, not should not be um, something that gives everybody concern. That's my opinion on that. And we'll get more into that. We'll go look more. Like I said, I'm reading it. I read that opinion, the Texas opinion. There's another uh, opinion uh, on the same subject uh, related. I'll get into that. All right. Thank you, as always, to Noah Dingley, our great, great producer. Thank you to uh, Ryan Hype for helping associate produce and, and helping with guests. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you tomorrow. Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.